Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for ASHP's Practice Journeys podcast. This podcast invites members to share their stories about their professional path, lessons learned, and how their experience has shaped who and where they are today. My name is Eric Marika, Senior Director, Center on Pharmacy Practice Advancement here at ASHP, and I'll be your host today. Veterans Day, originally known as Armistice Day, is a U.S. federal holiday observed annually on November 11th for honoring veterans from the six branches of the military. We would like to take a moment to say thank you and honor America's veterans for their patriotism, love of country, and willingness to serve and sacrifice in war or peace for the common good. Today, we will be chatting with Peter Willis, Chief of Pharmacy for the Vision 8 Clinical Contact Center, Department of Veterans Affairs, Kay Dunham, Senior Manager, Pharmacy Operations, Advent Health, Orlando, Florida, Norman Hooten, Pharmacy Supervisor, Vision 8 Pharmacy Call Center, Department of Veterans Affairs, and David Price, former specialist leader, Deloitte Consulting, and previous U.S. Navy Pharmacy Consultant to the Navy Surgeon General. We'll be talking to them about reflections on service to country and community and their remarkable journeys to become a pharmacist that all began with their decision to enter the military. My fellow veterans, thanks for joining us today. And uh, let's get started with, with our first question. This first question will be directed to you, Peter. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your current position. Yeah, so uh, my position is pretty unique in uh, Veterans Affairs. Around 2018, they started discussing the idea of developing a clinical contact center or essentially like a teledoc model for veterans. Before the advent of the clinical contact center, there really wasn't a modality for veterans to reach out and have teledoc or virtual services if they have urgent care needs. And I'm currently located in Visinate, which is a regional system in uh, the southeastern United States. It includes Florida, Puerto Rico, and the VA Caribbean. And it's basically a service where a veteran, if they have an urgent care need, can reach out, get some help either through a nurse or an LIP. And then I run the pharmacy department where we not only consult with the RNs, we consult with the LIPs, but we also provide operational service as well for uh disposition of uh, prescriptions to veterans. So essentially we have technicians answering phone calls. So every phone call that a veteran makes um, that is assigned to visit aid goes through to our pharmacy technician team. So I, I've uh, been an integral part of standing that service up. I uh, came from the Orlando VA where I was the associate chief of pharmacy operations. And before that, I was at the Salem VA in Salem, Virginia at the same position. So I've kind of moved around a little bit. Before that, I was with Target Pharmacy. Great. Okay. Hi, yes, I am currently the Senior Manager for Pharmacy Operations at Advent Health Orlando, also in Florida, and I have a primary oversight over the operations team here at this 1,400-bed hospital in Orlando, acute care services on the adult side. Great, and let's go with Norm. How about yourself? So I work for Dr. Wills over in the Visinate Call Center. And um, so some of this may be a little bit repetitive, but we have 60 technicians and I think upwards of 12 pharmacists that 
that serve veterans throughout Vision 8, which is the Sunshine Network that consists of hospitals in um, the Caribbean, uh, uh, San Juan, Miami, Bay Pines, Tampa, Orlando, Gainesville, North Florida, South Georgia. Um, one of the largest, I think it might be the largest Vision, which is like regional, uh, Vision basically translates as regional uh, healthcare network. Uh, I think we're the biggest in the country. And um, so I, I am one of his supervisors, uh, along with Kay Ramnarine, who is my counterpart over there. Prior to that, I was in the Army for, for 20 years, and most of that in special operations. Outstanding. And let's round this first question out with uh, Dave Price. Thanks, Eric. Well, you know, my, uh, I've done, uh, I just recently completed, uh, I did 30 years of active duty between enlisted and officer. I uh, just recently uh, retired from Deloitte Consulting after doing 12 years of working for my old job of doing the Navy Pharmacy Consultant. And now I am doing, I think what all of us strive to do is be retired, retired, and doing a part-time gig on the side. So that's it. Excellent. Well, again, thank you all for your service there. And let's move on to the next question. And this is a two-part question. First question is, why did you decide to join the military? And then why did you pick the service branch you joined? And let's start out with Kay. Well, I have to be honest, the military sort of chose me. I uh, attended the United States Military Academy at West Point and was approached actually by them as a high school student um, with a good candidate profile as an athlete and a scholar. And having had veterans in my family, my father was in the Navy, and it appealed to me on a lot of levels. So I went to West Point and obviously out of there, I got to be in the Army. I had the privilege and pleasure of serving as a leader of soldiers in the Army after graduation. Excellent. That's uh, great. And I had the uh, fine pleasure of working with UK uh, at Fort Belvoir, and and it was a a great, uh, although it was short, it was still a a rewarding experience. Uh, Norm, how about yourself? So I was uh, in high school and a school on the north side of Houston, Texas on April 24th. 1980, uh, when Operation Eagle Claw in Iran occurred. And if, for those of, of you who remember that, it was basically an attempt to rescue the hostages in the Iranian embassy in Tehran. And it was um, a joint service operation, and it, and it was all over the news for a 19-year-old, 18-year-old kid to see that. Planes burning, dead servicemen in the desert, and in uh that happened in April and in June, I joined, joined the Army on the delayed entry program and actively reported on January 5th, 1981. I chose the Army because um, I, I don't like boats or planes. I like boots on the ground and um, I get severely seasick. And my grandfather at the time said, do not join the Marine Corps. So the Army was the only thing left. But uh, I went in. I didn't really have a plan for my career or anything. It was it was kind of like a Forrest Gump career. You just show up and and see what happens. And then one thing led to another. I went from basic training at Fort Sill, Oklahoma, somehow landed in a special forces unit. And then after that, after five years in a special operations unit in fifth group, North Carolina, I was uh, recruited and selected by Delta Force. And I spent the rest of my career there uh, on the counter-terrorist side. 
it was like a hand in a glove for me. It was, you know, at, when I got out of high school, I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. But when I found found that particular unit, I knew what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And um, never dreamed I would be in, in pharmacy because I spent my whole career as an enlisted uh, soldier. And then uh, went to pharmacy because my wife kind of directed me that way. Yeah, and Hoot, you're, you're my uh, favorite character in, in the movie uh, Black Hawk Down. And that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, um, I'm glad to hear that's your favorite character in that movie, but, um, but yeah, I, I, uh, they made that movie, but the one thing, the one takeaway point from that movie for, for me and for everyone else is that I, I was lucky enough to work with some spectacular people from just about every branch in the military. So I, I credit a lot of everything that I've been able to accomplish in my life and, and, and contribute to my family and my country, uh, to the leadership that I had at every level in the army, both, uh, through peers, superiors, and and leadership that I learned from subordinates as well. So uh, uh, the leadership lessons I learned in the Army were, were remarkable and unparalleled anywhere else in the world, I believe. Well, thanks. Thanks, uh, Sergeant Hooten. And, and we'll go to Captain Price. And uh, really, again, what why did you decide to join the military? And, and why did you pick the service branch you joined? Well, I graduated high school in 1972 in little towns in Southern Illinois. And uh, I was going to junior college, working in a podunk drugstore called Hall's Drugstore in Brighton, Illinois, making a whopping $2 an hour. And uh, in 1973, I decided I was not going to get very far doing that. So I decided to join the Navy. The woman who ran our cash register, her son was a Navy corpsman. My grandfather was a Lieutenant JG in the end of World War II. So I decided the only way to go was the real military, which was the Navy. So I joined the, joined the Navy in 73 as a uh, seaman recruit. And um, that's uh, how the whole thing started as a corpsman. When I signed up, I got guaranteed A school to become a hospital corpsman. And after that, I really wanted to become a pharmacy tech. So that's where I ended up doing pharmacy work. Outstanding. And uh, I appreciate your leadership of, of Navy pharmacy during my time in, in uniform. And Peter, how about yourself? Yeah, thanks, Eric. I, uh, I didn't really know what I wanted to do out of high school. My grades weren't great. And I always wanted to serve my country. My grandfather served in uh, World War II in Europe. And I just had always had it in my head that I was going to join the military. Honestly, I don't know why I chose the Army. I just kind of walked into the recruiting station, went right to the Army desk. I didn't didn't look at the Navy. Uh, it's kind of like, uh, you know, Dr. Hooten's perspective. I was always told never to join the Marine Corps <laughs> for whatever reason. And I uh, joined, and I joined with a buddy of mine. And uh, I watched all the videos of all the jobs I qualified for. I saw a video of a tank jumping a berm, and I said, sign me up. That's what I want to do. And uh, I knew it was something that I couldn't do in the civilian world. I knew I'd get to do things that I could talk about to my kids, you know, share some pretty cool stories, get to see some pretty cool things. And as Norm mentioned, you know, a lot of a lot of what I learned in the military has really paid off for me in pharmacy. And the main aspect of that is leadership. NCOs are the backbone of the military. I uh, firmly believe that. I have more respect for NCOs than any other people on this planet, and um, all of my mentors have been non-commissioned officers, and I can, you can take that to the bank. So yeah, I uh, was sitting up one night on a tank pulling an observation post, and I said, I just don't want to do this the, for my, my whole career. I don't want to do this for the rest of my life, and I 
made a pact to myself that I'd go back to college. So I uh, went to community college when I got out of the army and uh, you know, the rest is history. So those are all great stories. And I, I love to hear those. So the position, and maybe we answered this to some extent, but how did you get to the position of where you are today? And then maybe that's, you know, your, your current role or, or maybe the last few roles, but really how did the military then shape you to, to be where you are today? If you could maybe expand upon that from what you already didn't uh, discuss. And then we'll start with Norm. So when I got to the end of my career in the military or, or the point where I was going to have to make a decision of whether or not I was going to stay in the military for the rest of my life or get out. That was about the 20 year mark. And I was gone about 300 days a year when I was in, when I was in uh, special operations and I didn't mind it, but my wife, Bonnie, uh, wasn't going to put up with that for another 10, 10 years. So she said, you've got to, you've got to make a decision of whether or not you're going to be a husband and a father, or you're going to make a decision of whether or not you're going to be a, a, a soldier an active duty soldier. And so um, I made the, uh, I made the decision to get out of the army and then, and be a, be a father and a husband. Didn't quite know how I was going to do that though, because the only job I'd ever had was, was the United States army. So I, I, um, when I was trying to figure out what I was going to do afterwards, Bonnie said, well, you know what, you helped me study for pharmacy school and you seem like you kind of like doing that. Why don't you give that a shot? And I said, well, I've, I've never worked an algebra problem. So at the age of about 38 years old, she sat down with me and taught me algebra. And um, I started taking uh, the prerequisites for pharmacy school through correspondence. So I, I learned them on the back of a military vehicle with a red lens flashlight under a poncho is where I learned organic chemistry and and uh, basically self-taught. And then I took the PCAT and I think it must've been kind of like a, a presidential ballot or something. They had the wrong one slide in there or something and got my score mixed up with somebody else's because um, I miraculously did pretty good on it and got accepted to pharmacy school and then um, went for one month to Campbell University. And then on 9-11, the army bailed me out. So I got recalled back to the army and uh, had to go home and tell Bonnie, hey, look, you know, I did what you asked me to do, but now the army has called me back in. So I spent about uh, eight years with Homeland Security, primarily as the national training coordinator for the Federal Air Marshal Service. And then I went and worked over in Jordan for four years at the King Abdullah Special Operations Training Center. And while I was over there, I noticed that I had a bunch of uh, friends of mine and other special operations soldiers that were coming through that facility that had substance abuse problems and primarily prescription opioid abuse. Many of them had been shot to pieces in, in uh, previous conflicts and they had a legitimate need for those things, but they had, like, like many people, become addicted to them. And consequently, I had to fire a bunch of my, my staff over there that also happened to be very close friends. And it left a mark on me that I will forever bear. Um, I made a commitment to go back and go back to pharmacy school and make that the focus of my life. And so I went back, did two residencies. One of those was in mental health um, with a substance abuse component. And then I went back to the Orlando VA, worked in inpatient mental health, focused on, on substance abuse there, and then moved over to the interdisciplinary pain team where we treated patients with comorbid pain and substance abuse issues. And... Um, VA is a really big organization. So at some point I found myself a little bit marginalized. I was sitting down in a, in a, in a office at the end of a hospital going over patients charts. And I just didn't feel like I was contributing 
in the way I wanted to. And then Dr. Wills came along and rescued me and told me, hey, I've got this new thing. It does really great things for veterans. Um, and it's the way of the future. And I didn't even have to think twice. I jumped on it and he was exactly right. And I'm right where I need to be. I'm working with a, a fellow army brother and doing great things for veterans. It's great. Dave, how about yourself? Well, when I first heard this question, I thought, how do you get to be retired? My first response was, you don't make too many people mad at you and you live long enough to, to check the box. But I guess my last position was the head of Navy pharmacy it was kind of like, I would like to think I was probably the last man standing and the only sole person they could, you know, ping to go to Bumed. Not too many people in their right mind wanted to go to the headquarters of, uh, of any of the military medical places, but uh, I ended up at Bumed as the Navy pharmacy consultant. It was just uh, quite an honor to end up there. And uh, it was probably one of the highlights of my career is to be the special leader, to be able to help uh, steer the young junior officers and, and go back and relate to the junior enlisted and try and convince them that they need to go to pharmacy school and, and you know, to better themselves. So Bumed was a great job. Thanks. And Peter, how about yourself? Uh, yeah, mine's not quite as interesting as as all these stories, but I uh, went to community college after the Army because I was kind of afraid to try going to a big university, and uh, I'm glad I did because I met my wife there, but I uh, took a chemistry course. I was scared out of my mind. I thought I would fail it. I didn't think I could do it. Um, I was remembering my days from high school, but I did great. You know, got an A in that course. And my brother at the time was dating a, uh, a, a lady who worked at Kroger Pharmacy and up in the higher levels of administration and had mentioned, you know, hey, you know, you should consider looking into pharmacy as a profession. And uh, that sort of got me looking into it. And I saw how many years of college that I was kind of looking down the barrel of. And I, I was scared out of my mind, to be honest with you, because I'm not a not a college guy. I'm not a schooling guy. And, you know, if, if one thing that I can, if I can give some hope to other people who are, you know, veterans that were, that were especially enlisted, it's that you can do it. If you can get through your time in the military, you can do it. You can get through it. It is, it's not nearly as challenging as your time in the military. So I uh, ended up going to the Medical College of Virginia. It's now VCU School of Pharmacy in uh, Richmond, Virginia, uh, up north. And I got my first job as PIC, which is pharmacist in charge at a target pharmacy in my hometown of uh, Roanoke, Virginia, small mountain town. I always wanted to get back in the VA and uh, serve my fellow veterans. And a job opened up as an inpatient and an outpatient pharmacist. So I uh, applied. I got the position. And uh, yeah, about two years later, a Navy veteran uh, came down and was chief of pharmacy on in an interim basis at my pharmacy. And he noticed hey, you know, you've got some good leadership qualities about you. Have you considered getting into admin? And um, I didn't really think much of it. I basically just mimic what, what my uh, platoon leaders, my platoon sergeants, and what my, uh, you know, my uh, company commanders did. I just, I'm, everything they did, I mimicked. You know, let other people eat before you. The, let your employees go before you. Do everything you can for your buddies. And uh, he said, nah, you're, you're cut out for this. Why don't you do it? And I got promoted to associate chief of pharmacy operations, which was a couple levels up from where I was, which I was really scared about. But um, it, uh, he gave me my start. And I'll never forget that. He's a Navy veteran and he, he's a good man. And uh, did that for a while. And this virtual position opened up with this new virtual component to take care of veterans, you know, from the comfort of their home. And it just has been incredible. And to work with Dr. Hooten, who uh, has the experience from the military, 
military and being a non-commissioned officer, it has been uh, just a dream come true. There's not many of us veterans who serve on online units like this, and I'm just it's just an honor. Thanks, Peter. And then uh, Kay, how about you? Um, my story's pretty long and twisty uh, version of how I got to where I am today. While at West Point, I was in the life sciences field of study, which was sort of the pre-med track, the one way to get into healthcare directly out of West Point. I decided pretty early on that for a variety of reasons, I wasn't going to pursue going to medical school, but I knew that I always wanted to do something in healthcare. My mom is a retired nurse of 50 years, so that was sort of in my blood. I grew up in the hospital and around healthcare my whole life. I was able to serve as a logistics officer in the Army upon graduation. And when I got to the point where my service obligation from attending West Point was coming near, I really started to research what I wanted to do. What was that path going to look like for me? And pharmacy, I actually had been a candy striper in the hospital as a volunteer in high school and worked in the pharmacy with Sid, our fantastic pharmacy director in my hometown hospital. And I said, you know, let me see what I can do in that field. And as Norm alluded to, Campbell University is in the shadow of the almighty Fort Bragg. And so I actually applied for pharmacy school while I was still in the Army. And they accepted me and allowed me to defer for a year so that I could go with my husband to a last assignment in Korea because back then in the army, if you went to Korea voluntarily, you got to choose where you came back to. And so we went to Korea voluntarily, the two of us, and I got out and he chose to come back to Fort Bragg. And so I finished pharmacy school. Of course, he PCS'd, deployed and PCS'd before I ever was able to finish school. So I did a lot of it on my own. Had a five month old daughter when I started pharmacy school and added another one that was five months old by the time I finished pharmacy school. So being an army spouse with a deployed husband, um, running family readiness groups um, and going through pharmacy school was quite challenging. And, you know, in the same way that you lean on your brothers and sisters in the army, I leaned on my brothers and sisters to get through pharmacy school and made some fantastic lifelong friends. I then, you know, proceeded to hold staff and clinical pharmacist jobs in a variety of locations as my husband continued his service in the Army. And about five years in to my practice time as a pharmacist, I had actually, we moved back. We were in Northern Virginia. We went to Fort Campbell. We moved back to Northern Virginia. And the director there decided to leave. And he pulled me in his office and he said, you're the right person to take over for me as director of this pharmacy. I know that you feel like you're young. I know that you feel like you're not ready, but your time and your talents in leadership make you the best person for this job. And I took that opportunity. I was honestly scared to death, (laughs) but it was a fantastic opportunity. And I was able to implement, again, as uh, the other panelists have said, a lot of the leadership skills that you learn in the Army apply so well in pharmacy, whether you're the director or whether you're just the pharmacist in charge of the the daily operation, you've got to have that leadership, innate leadership ability. I have served in a variety of other roles as I followed my husband throughout his career. 
as Eric mentioned earlier, I've served uh, in military facilities at uh, Fort Belvoir, at Fort Campbell, and at West Point um, when we were stationed up there when my husband was the garrison commander. I have served in positions of director, manager, med safety officer, a variety of different roles. And some might say that my resume looks like a hot mess, <laughs> but I would say that it really gave me the opportunity to learn and experience so much and have just a breadth of experience has really helped me be able to continue to grow in leadership ability and in leadership roles like the one I'm in now. Thank you. So I could go on for hours asking you all questions, um, but unfortunately we're, we're limited in the time we have with you. What I'd like to go around here is, is uh, someone that comes to mind that you would consider uh, one of your greatest mentors. And we'll, we'll start again with the UK on this one. That's a tough question. I get asked that question often. And I think that I have so many folks that I look to, previous directors of pharmacy that I have worked for in my pharmacy growth and career. Uh, I look at former CEOs of hospitals that I've worked with because I continue to grow as a healthcare administrator, even outside the realm of pharmacy to learn and experience um, my classmates, my sisterhood of West Point women that I am so deeply connected with. All of those provide mentorship to me on a daily basis, just about. <laughs> and Norm. Yeah, uh, kind of tagging on to, to Kay's uh, story there. I, I couldn't begin to count the number of mentors I had when I was in the military. There were some, there were so many, I mean, and, and um, really it was, it was just like a lifelong study of leadership. It, like, but it wasn't like reading it out of a book. It was actually living it and watching it play out before your eyes every minute of every day, every year that I was in. So, so I was very blessed to be able to learn from some of the greatest soldiers of a generation. So I, my first first love in, in leadership and mentorship would be those great leaders I had in the in the army. And the one that stands out above all of them, and there are so so many of them, but the one that stands out above all of them in the military from a leadership standpoint was was the very first special forces officer that I met. And his name was Robert Lewis Howard. He was a Medal of Honor winner, but he was the commandant of the special forces uh, school at Camp McCall, North Carolina. And um, if you ever saw the perfect example of a leader, uh, he was leadership embodied. Um, uh, and he was just a magnificent person. But so followed through the leadership uh, school of the Army until 20 years in. But my wife, Bonnie, was really my greatest mentor in pharmacy because she's the one that inspired me to do it and convinced me that I could do it. Imagine a, a soldier who had lived the life of a soldier and nothing else. And then taking that person and saying, you know what, we're going to totally remake you and rebrand you into a pharmacist. And yes, you can do it. I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you to do it. I'm going to, but I'm going to be there every step of the way to teach you how to do it. So sitting down with me at two o'clock in the morning, when I know she had to go to work the next morning and showed me how to work a simple algebra problem or, or, uh, you know, grade my work from, from the chemistry courses that I was taking online and going, oh, you know, you got this all wrong, you know, so without her, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And then, and then last but not least, I know I've said this on here and I don't want to sound like I'm, 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 uh, I'm brown nose or anything, but Peter Wills has been an inspiration to me in the pharmacy world because we have so much in common and I see how he takes army leadership and applies it to what he does in the world of pharmacy in the VA. And 
there are very few people that I work with in the VA that have that type of insight and are able to apply it. So, so I've been blessed uh, along the way, but those three, those three stand out above all others. Captain Price, how about yourself? I think most of my mentors came from my enlisted days. They're the ones that kind of formulated my idea of what a pharmacy officer should be and how you take care of your enlisted. I'm proud of my enlisted background. I am pleased to have been one of those that got caught but never got prosecuted. And it's a result of those officers who covered me when I did stupid things that we could now never get away with back in the day. I've got great pharmacist officers that I, as a junior officer, I worked for, you know, the, the Dwayne Tackett's of the world and Charlie Hostetler's and Roger Hirsch's and Greg Hall's. And there's, there's like my colleagues in front of me have said, there are so many people out there, including the enlisted chiefs who the chiefs, the E7s in the Navy are called chief petty officers and the chief's responsibility is to train junior officers. And uh, sometimes it means patting them on the head and sometimes it means kicking them in the hindquarters to get them to do the right thing. And, I think we are a, all a product of our mentors who have gone before us, and it's our role to be mentors of those coming behind us. Peter. Yeah, so um, I echo what Captain Price said about my uh, enlisted days. All my non-commissioned officers, Tim Scott, he was a staff sergeant. He was, he was a platoon sergeant for me, is one that stands out. He was, a, he was a dad that had two young boys, and he knew how to handle me, and he knew how to handle me very well. And I really, really followed his leadership style, and I still follow it to this day. He probably doesn't realize that he had that much of an impact. From a pharmacy perspective, Dr. Brett Norm, he's the, uh, he's the Vision 6 pharmacy executive. He's a Navy veteran. He's another guy um, who I have really you know, gotten a lot of mentorship out of. He's incredible. Um, his approach to employees, I think, is, uh, is incredible, and it's in line with my thinking. And I also have to echo what Norm said. Um, I, I look at Norm as a mentor, and I, and I know that's hard to say when you when you know you have somebody that's that's working you know technically for you, but you know somebody is a master sergeant level to a you know to an E4 E5 like me. You, you look at him and you just go, this guy's been through so many you know different encounters in life that he's got so much to offer, and his perspective on leadership is second to none. And it's invaluable. And I think as a leader, even though you may be, um, you know, you know, the top dog in the organization, if you're not listening to guys like Norm who've been around the block and who understand what they're talking about, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. And um, it's one in a million to meet somebody like him. I joke all the time. I, I've worked with men my whole life. I've worked with men at a, I used to cut grass at a golf course. All the units, uh, units I were in were all male and pharmacy is predominantly female. And when you go from an all male unit for, you know, your entire life, basically, and the next thing you know, you're in a predominantly female unit, it takes some getting used to and some, some adjusting. And to be able to talk with that, you know, talk about that kind of stuff with Norm is, is uh, an incredible opportunity for, um, you know, a younger pharmacy leader like me. And uh, I, I value that. So thank you. Well, I think we're, we're getting close to the end, but I want to uh, kind of meld two questions together. And, and, and it's, tell me about a memorable experience that you had in the service and then any life lessons to share. And we'll start with Norm. Well, I've got a, I don't know where to begin. I've had a, I've had a lot of them, some of them, some of them uh, more memorable than others. Uh, but um, I remember when um, 
you know, everybody's heard of the Battle of Mogadishu. So we're not going to go through that that story again. That's that thing's been told a, a thousand times, and and it gets bigger every and better every time somebody tells it. But um, I remember um, when I was uh, when we were planning that operation, and we were, we did a lot of things different on October 3rd than we had done before. We worked with units that we hadn't worked with before. We used tactics, techniques, and procedures that we hadn't used before. But when we were doing the initial planning for that mission, we went back to one of our, you know, our old our old operations that looked a lot like that, because that's kind of what we we did is we went over and basically found bad guys and and either killed or captured them. And this is not much different than than a lot of other ones we had other ones we had done. And our initial plan was we're going to send in a couple of guys. We're going to do the job and then we're going to come home and nobody's ever going to know that it was us. And then um, the boss said, no. And I was standing there with the, with a young captain at the time. He's now a four-star general, but he was a captain and he was out of uh, West Point and he was brand new to the unit. Wasn't new to the army, but he was new to our organization. And he was going to be the ground force commander. And, and that was our plan that we put forward to the boss. And, and the boss came back and said, no, I hear you. And I know that's the way we've done things before, but we're going to go, we're going to get ranger haircuts. We're going to get 500 people. We're going to fly over and we're going to, everybody's going to know we're there. And, um, and we're going to, um, we're going to do it that way. And that young captain looked at him and said, that's a, that's a bad idea. In fact, it's a stupid idea. And uh, the boss said, I know you think it's stupid, but that's the idea. And that's the plan. That's what we're going to do. So then we had to turn back around and walk back out and look at 50 hardcore commandos that knew when you were trying to, uh, to uh, blow smoke at them and tell them, hey, look, this is the greatest plan ever, and this is what we're going to do. And, of course, they all in, in unison said, that's the dumbest plan we've ever heard of. Who thought of that? And that young captain, without missing a beat, said, I did. Right. Even though he had just argued against it 15 minutes before, he took responsibility for it and accountability for it. And I had been in the unit at that point about 10 years and he was brand new. But I learned a lot from that, that exchange of how, hey, look, it may be bad news, but at some point, you know, you make a decision, you're going to have to march and, it, and you take accountability for it at your level. So try to account for as many things you can as at your level without pointing fingers in every other direction. And every time I find myself in a position like that, I think back about that young captain. And it's not hard for me to uh, understand why that guy is a four-star general today. Hmm. Dave, how about you? A memorable experience in the service and, and any life lesson to share? I had the opportunity to deploy to OIF in 2003 when we commenced the war against Iraq. I was the executive officer of the fleet hospital for a fleet hospital Portsmouth. And then we deployed in 2003 and spent two months in the desert in Kuwait waiting to go into Iraq. And fortunately the army and the Marines moved so fast they didn't have a need for us to set up outside of Baghdad. So following year after that, we got redeployed again to Kuwait for support. We basically became Tricare Kuwait. We were there for six months. So being a pharmacist, usually working inside a, a, a hospital dealing with patients. Now I'm in the desert dealing with 300 people of uh, surgeons and nurses and corpsmen's and security and CBs and everybody else. Now you're kind of in that number two position of being. So that was kind of cool. That was kind of unique. Uh, my life lessons would be is just surround yourself with great people. You know, the, the people can make you or break you. You surround yourself with and, and, and uh, got to take care of your crew, take care of your troops. Thank you. 
Peter, memorable experience, life lesson to share. Um, yeah, so probably the most memorable experience is just uh, leaving to go to basic training. I had never left my small hometown. You know, I had uh, gone a few places in Virginia, but never really left my hometown. And it was just a shocking experience to be around people of different cultures, different backgrounds, different experiences. For me, it was a it was it was a shock. And um, but it was one that prepared me for my future. And I, I look back on that as probably the, the most memorable experience of my life. That first day being sort of away from Roanoke, Virginia. Any type of life lessons, and I, you know, I don't know if there are any future veteran pharmacists that are listening to this podcast, but I think it's important for them to know that it, it is a scary endeavor, especially if you're coming from the enlisted background. You may not have a lot of college behind your back, but if somebody like me can do it, if somebody like me can go from being a you know a tanker or a calf scout and go on to get a doctor of pharmacy degree and be who I am today, you can do it, and. Um, Please do not let your your mind or your past or your history get in the way of uh, your decision to go into a great profession, and especially as a uh, veteran going into leadership in this profession, because we need more of, of you um, in these positions, because there aren't enough veteran leaders in pharmacy, in my opinion. Great. And then, uh, Kay, we'll, we'll finish up with you. Sure. I think that... Um... My Army friends, um, Norm and Peter, would probably agree that it never fails that when you go to the field, it rains and it's cold and the weather is horrible. And so those are some not fun memories. Uh, In particular, um, there's a particular week at West Point where as brand new cadets, you sleep out in the field for the whole week and it literally poured the entire week. We had mud trenches all around us. And it just continues to happen throughout your career, right? And it becomes a joke. And it it teaches you that life lesson of perspective and resilience and being able to look back now and think about how fun and funny maybe it was, although in the moment, um, it definitely was, was not fun. And so I think that, you know, the Army and healthcare these days, even, you know, we talk a lot about burnout and resilience, but it's some of those memorable times from the army that really help you remember that you can get through it. You can put one foot in front of the other and find a way to regain different perspective and and be resilient in the toughest of times. Well, I I have really enjoyed this and uh, I wish we can go on. But unfortunately, that's that's all the time we have today. And but I, I really want to sincerely thank uh, Peter, Kay, Norm, and, and Dave really for joining us today uh, to discuss this podcast: a salute to veterans, reflections on service to country and community. Thanks for tuning in for this session of Practice Journey Podcast. As we learn about our members, seek out, grow, and evolve during their careers. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation and be sure to subscribe to ASHP Podcasts through your favorite podcast provider. To all of our veterans out there, happy Veterans Day and thank you very much for your service. I am Eric Marika and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes.
access show notes and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHB Official.